Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have Dr. Nikki Star Noche. She is a medical doctor turned energy strategist, transformational coach, and power and purpose activator. After medical school, she traveled the world seeking the meaning of life and worked with various medicine people. She was also born into a lineage of Colombian healers and shamans and works with people worldwide via online courses and programs to awaken our greatest human potential. Well, Dr. Nikki Starr, thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited to um, share your expertise with the listeners and also learn a little more about how you made this transition from medical doctor to energy specialist. Hello. So I'm excited to dive in. Thank you so, so much for having me here. Oh, yes. My pleasure. So um, myself, like you, went into, you know, the, the Western medical type of um, education system and um, going through those programs, I know for myself, something felt like it was missing. Something wasn't completely aligned. And so after going through the steps of becoming a registered dietitian nutritionist, I went into human behavior and then from human behavior, it started leading to neuroscience and from neuroscience, it led to metaphysics and from metaphysics, it's like, it's just this, you know, uh, peeling back the layers, really learning and, and understanding the root of our being, which is energy. So that's so exciting. So what is an energy specialist? So I always, it, it kind of came as like a form of a joke, that title, because when people would say, oh, you're a doctor, what's your specialty? And I'd be like, energy, right? Because exactly what you said, that the root of everything is our energy. Absolutely. Our energy decides even our physical appearance. Our energy decides how we feel, how we think, how we act. It is the foundation of every single thing that's manifested physically first appears in the energy field. And as humans, we are mind, body, spirit, energy, emotions. We are very complex. And what was interesting was going to medical school, I really only learned about the mind and the body. And I was like, but there's so much more that is not quantifiable, but is very much present and very much creating our human experience and and really manifesting our future too so not only like creating what we're experiencing now but also deciding what's happening tomorrow and the day after that mm -hmm. it decides our relationships if we have trapped energies and emotions that can create obstacles blocked energy as even eastern medicine describes is what creates dis-ease mm -hmm. so anytime there's a stagnation of energy a blockage of energy and even I'll go to the level to say, sometimes there's energies that are on us or in our field that are not even ours. Mm -hmm. And that is also going to have an influence. So when I really realized that I was like, wait a minute, there's no way that I can stay in Western medicine doing what I'm doing 
-hmm. when I know the truth is that's really a band-aid because underneath that there's an energetic cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when you start talking about this stuff with your peers, your, you know, medical professional peers that you went to school with, that you started practicing with, how does this resonate with them? What does that look like? These kind of conversations? I've had the whole mix. I remember when I first left, there were some people who were like, oh my God, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because secretly like they are wanting to right? And we all did it for a different reason. Like, you know, people want to depart for different reasons. And for me, like I had planned to do dermatology and then I was going to go and do research and, and, and do all that. And then I was just like, I don't know. I, and then I got my yoga teacher training and that was kind of like an accident. And so it It all kind of happened organically, but I was definitely like not happy with the system. Mm -hmm. So then I had some, a lot of people who would like, I've even had some colleagues become clients. I've had um, some also really be very against, you know, with certain discussions that are controversial being like, you're so irresponsible to like say that. And, but, but it's what I feel is the truth. So it's interesting there have been some opinion clashes when it comes to certain controversial topics and at the same time people who have been like yes like yes 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 and and I remember even when I was on the Fox reality show because that was a part of my path soon after leaving I remember people being like oh man like you know just you know the guys who wanted to date you were like oh I should have dated her and like (laughs) you know like all these funny things um So yeah, I definitely, even in med school though, I was really eccentric and I was like traveling the world and people were like, how is she traveling? Like you have all this work to do. And somehow I managed. That's beautiful. Yeah. How do you, how do you describe to someone who has, you know, medical terminology, understanding background, how do you describe to them the role that energy plays in our human body and manifesting physical, acute, or chronic disease? Well, for example, a recent client that I have had for a year, he was a client and he was very much in the medical field, a surgeon, mm-hmm. and he was more or less healthy and you know, his life you would think is great and perfect, but he knew that he wanted to have a relationship like a marriage to and someone to have kids with and for some reason that wasn't working out for him in the way he wanted to he also wanted to grow his practice to be a multi-million dollar practice like it was definitely over a million dollars but he wanted to expand that and he also wanted to get into the best shape of his life and you know so he has the extensive medical knowledge the knowledge of the physical side of things and for me for him to come to me, he knew like I was tapped into something. Mm-hmm. And obviously he had an open mind because my work is also very much like, yes, it's coaching, but there's energy healing. There's so many things like rituals, like things that you would not think a coach would do. Um, so I, sometimes I'm like, how do I even like title myself? Like that's always the hardest part for me because I touch upon so many aspects when I work with people mm-hmm. and with him, it's just, I would just like say it like, you know, this is like the laws of the universe. Like even like energy can't be created or destroyed, like understand energy, hygiene, keeping yourself clean and pure, like raising your energy 
shifting your mindset, that's going to shift your thoughts, like working through limiting beliefs, because that's going to shift your reality. So I, I also think that I present things, even though they could seem metaphysical, I still present them in a very scientific way. So I think that was the gift of having the medical training, because even though this stuff may not be measurable according to the certain standards there are today, like in terms of, or like uh, maybe the tools that there are. Mm -hmm. However, I think that I still keep it really science-based in a way, like I explain the theory of it. And then I'm like, let's experiment. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, it's like, hey, let's try it out. And then when people see results, it's like hard to not believe it. Right. So for myself, when I think of energy, I think of energy as like um, an emotional state. And when we're in an emotional state, that's going to create frequency, vibrational frequencies that are going to impact our physical body, typically um, in the form of our nervous system, right? And so when an individual is in a lower vibrational state and they're having these, you know, lower vibrational emotions that they're experiencing, like let's just say guilt or shame, and their brain is having a thought associated with this guilt or shame, the physical body is actually living, reliving, recreating that experience that they are thinking about. And I think a lot of people don't understand that when we're thinking about these emotional states, we're creating a physiological response that stimulates a very specific hormonal and neurotransmitter cascade that ultimately has an impact on the pH of our blood. And so when our blood becomes more acidic, we are literally allocating all of our resources to bring that pH back into a more balanced state to protect our heart, our lungs, our brain, And as a result, we're producing these metabolic acids and these metabolic acids are truly the disruptors of our energy balance because they get into the mitochondria of the cell and they start causing disruption between the protons, the neutrons and the ions. This is where most people I feel get very stuck because we talk about energy and we're like, we have these traumas, these emotional states that we experience, and then that energy gets trapped into the body. How do we clear that? How do we clear and rebalance the mitochondria of the cells so that we can prevent ourselves from manis- manifesting into some uh, you know, chronic, chronic disease state? What is your advice for individuals with that? So to, first of all, I want to applaud you for really bringing it to such a physiologic state. Like I never even go to that level, which is beautiful to hear that. Um, I do it more of like in a tangible way of like when you have any kind of negative thoughts or negative feelings, the body contracts and you're not in a receptive state to receive what it is that you're here to receive. So the more relaxed you are, the more receptive you are, the more energy comes into your life, money, relationships, opportunities. So that's awesome that you like broke it down. So physiologic. So I want to applaud you for that. (laughs) I feel like it's important for people because this is where, this is where we get ourselves trapped into that. Oh, this is bullshit. Woo woo. This isn't real. This is woo woo. Right. 
we need to understand that there is actually a physical chemical response that is being created that is causing the energetic disruption at a physical level. And when we can take radical responsibility for understanding the consequences of our thoughts, it makes it a lot easier for us to want to embrace these practices that we don't necessarily value. And we haven't been taught to value these things in our society, right? So I yeah. think for me, that's the important piece is that we need to tangibly understand that there are consequences, physical consequences for what's happening here, our perception, our beliefs, and how they impact the body and how if we can start to make some sort of, take some sort of responsibility for those thoughts, then we can create the kind of outcomes that we actually desire. Yes, and, and, and I'm gonna still answer your question. I just wanna keep this thread just to add, I feel that a lot of my work and how I share with people about thoughts creating is, is a whole reframing of understanding how reality works mm -hmm. that was never taught in school. So this idea that thoughts create, mm -hmm. that alone then requires people to be like, oh wait, if my thoughts are creating, let me be really sure of what I'm thinking how to control my thoughts and how to be more mindful of my thoughts and how to be more clear with my thoughts. And so, yes, it's very important on a physiologic level and also just an understanding how this three-dimensional reality works. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where a lot of the re-education happens mm -hmm. because what I've noticed too is like, unfortunately, people don't even want to change what they eat when they know that what they're eating is even causing like a physiologic response. So sometimes I have found that people are more motivated based on their desires rather than like what's causing them harm. Mm -hmm. It's so strange. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so yes to everything you're saying. And like, please, everyone who's listening, remember your thoughts are creating your reality. Sure, they're going to make you feel terrible in the body. And even, um, what's her name? Hey, Louise Hay, she wrote that book, You Can Heal Your Life. I never read it, but my understanding of it is that she was able to categorize, like, these thoughts create this disease. Mm -hmm. So it's so fascinating, like, what people have discovered about our thoughts and what, how it impacts the body, disease, our reality, what we experience, and essentially what we think about ourselves and what we think is possible, it will be the limitation of what we can live. Right. So, and, and so that actually goes along even more. So because of what you were saying physiologically, because even like if our thoughts are creating disease in the body, one of the most important things to like, in terms of clearing it is we want to first shift whatever's creating it, right? Because I can clear it from the body, but if I still have the pattern, right. like I can keep clearing it, but it's like this, this infinite well of like constant um, contraction and dis-ease and blockage. So I feel that- I call that a negative healing loop. We're stuck. <laughs> we just keep going back to baseline. Yeah, it's like the people who do juice cleanses, but then they're smoking or something. It's like, what are you doing? You know, it's like, no. <laughs> so I feel the first is to like identify like where 
the pattern is. So let's say if it is, usually we can identify it down to like a belief or like an actual dynamic in life. So like a, a dysfunctional relationship, a job that's toxic, toxic habits, ingesting something that's toxic. They want to stop whatever the toxicity. So if it is a thought, starting to review that thought, like where does it come from? What's the purpose of it? Is it inherently true? What else is true? And start to like reprogram the mind. When in the moment, I think emotions are divine and they're okay. And it's, you're not a bad person if you feel angry and it's totally okay to feel every single thing, even shame. Um, and, and it's one of those things that we don't want to stay in the loop. We want to say, okay, like I feel shame right now. Like it's totally okay that I feel shame. Like I love and accept myself. Like it's okay. And then you start to replace. And even if it needs to be a dialogue with the self right. of like, you are lovable, you are worthy or whatever it is that's causing this shame to know that that's like not inherently true of the person's character. Um, so whatever it is that happened or created that feeling like it's okay that, that, that it's being felt and to go into the space of what can transmute it and clear it. Right. I, really, I like the fact that, that you mentioned it's important that if we're having an emotion like shame or we're having an emotion like guilt, that we need to allow ourselves permission to feel that, sit in that, let it resonate. What is the root? Where is that truly coming from? Because ultimately, if we don't allow ourselves to feel that shame, we don't allow ourselves to feel the guilt, we're not going to create an opportunity for us to, number one, forgive ourselves, and then be able to create something better through this experience. So we have to really shift our mindset and our perspective about when these when these emotional states, when these quote unquote lower vote lower vibrational emotional states present themselves, get excited, get curious. This is allowing you an opportunity to really learn something more about yourself and then have the chance to choose differently to create something more aligned with what you desire. I love that. Yeah. And then, and then following that thread. So now you've come into the acceptance of it. Now I'm all about like acting it out. Yeah. So if you're angry, be like, ah, ah, so angry, you know, and like, if you need to like go and yell on the pillow or you need to like run or like get a stick and hit the earth or whatever you need to do, like, then it's like, get it out. Because if you don't and you let it stay in the body and you're like, oh no, I'm fine. Everything's good. And you're like suppressing that in your heart, all of that anger is going to build up and then you're going to have a heart attack you're going to feel a lot of stress, your blood pressure is going to go up. And so you do want to emote and get it out. Mm -hmm. Dance it. If you actually don't want to even verbally emote, you can do it in the form of dance. I love like embodiment practices for this. Um, even like yin yoga, for example, you even stuff you've like trapped in the past, mm -hmm. you can go back to through different kinds of embodiment practices. So when you're doing like deep hip flexor openings, and they elicit some kind of like pain, a lot of times you can get out things that you've been holding, you know, the hips are the largest joint. So they often hold a lot of energy that's kind of stuck in the body. And that's why we see like, a, like you know, adults have to get hip replacements, like the elderly, you know, this is like tracked emotions that then come to manifest in a disease. So then do those practices, stretching, exercise, that helps to actually work in the tissues. And then of course, I love body work and energy work. 
Bodywork and energy work are great, great ways to clear things out and even tools like tapping as well. Can you, so always, can you explain the difference between body work and energy work? Sure. So body work is actually when someone is like physically touching you and like giving you a massage, but I feel like it's beyond a massage. And that's why I call it body work because there's actually an intention to release things in the body that aren't serving to realign the body. Uh, whereas like a massage can kind of be soft and like feel good. And it doesn't really have this deeper intention of like clearing out meridian lines, clearing out energy lines in the body, working the body in a certain pattern that allows you to release these tensions. Mm -hmm. Yes, massages are great. They help us release stress, but I feel like body work is one step more. And there's so many techniques of body work. Like there's rolfing, that's really deep tissue work that helps to realign the body because sometimes people are using muscles instead of their bones to keep themselves straight. Mm -hmm. um, so there's so many types. Um, energy work, on the other hand, same thing, many kinds of energy work. And what that does is essentially work on your energy field, including energy in the body to move it, to brighten it, to clear it, to cleanse it. It works on the energy centers of the body. Like we have things called chakras um, in yogic tradition. And so, and then in like Taoist and Taoist lineages, we have like our Dantians, which are these other energy centers. So different lineages talk about different energy centers in the body. So if they're closed or not spinning from an energetic perspective and level, we can do energy work to help to clear the blockages of these energy centers. Because if we think about it, we are energy beings. We have a nervous system and even the nervous system is like electrical impulses that are running through the body. So wherever there's blockage or weakness, we can use energy healing to support strengthening and healing and releasing and, and, and really just feel so good too. So I'm curious right now with what's going on in the world with COVID and we're going back into shutdowns and there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of panic, there's a lot of uncertainty that's happening right now. How is this having an impact on all of us energetically as a whole? What is happening? And how can we start to take radical responsibility for ourselves to shift this energy in something that's gonna be better? So I feel that this time is provoking a lot of fear in people and fear is definitely a more constricting, lower vibrational energy. Like where there's fear, there's not love. Where there's fear, there's not trust. And we really need to be in trust and love to embody our greatness, to attract in all of the goodness that we're here to receive. So it is unfortunate because the truth is that the actual death rates are very low. And when we think of like the typical influenza, it's like people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people die from the regular flu every year. Like we all will die, um, you know, and it's sad that, you know, where it's kind of coming to this, that, you know, it's, it's really creating separation as well. So the other thing we're seeing a lot of is people are receiving less touch and less connection because yes, we can have these conversations through Zoom and online and their social media, but it's not the same as touching physical flesh. So what used to be like, let's hug, let's connect. It's like, that's not possible anymore. 
So we're going to see higher rates of anxiety, higher rates of depression. So just having the awareness, like it's great that we're having this conversation so we can be aware, which means if there are people that you are quarantined with in your life because you live together, you're in relationship, your family, take the time to really connect and cuddle and touch. And that's going to activate love. And we can even go to the physiologic aspect of that is because when we cuddle, when we touch, we release oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin. And these are all the feel good hormones in the brain that actually when people go on antidepressants or anti-anxieties, the point of those drugs are to increase the, the amount of that in the brain. But we can do that naturally through connection, through physical touch. So I really, you know, just want to, it was even on a podcast yesterday and they asked me the same thing. I'm like, people need more connection. Like if you can change one thing. And I really do. I really believe we need more connection right now. Well, the power of touch is, is just, you know, phenomenal. And, and we know, we see it historically when, um, you know, individuals have spent a lifetime together and one passes away. And now this individual has become isolated and no longer is having that stimulation. They diminish very, very quickly. And I feel that what's happening right now as a collective is we're being diminished immensely. And we have to recognize that we can take radical responsibility despite the circumstances right now to create what we desire with intention. We have to get intentional. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and I think it's just having the awareness. And I mean, the other gift that this time frame has given us is time, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not really going out anymore like we used to. So we have a lot more time for self-care, for self-love. And thankfully, this has required people to be innovative and go more online. So we have all the resources. We can do everything from our home now. There's like no excuse. And there's even ways that we can support like our own, you know, we can do self-massage. You know, we can create deeper connection with ourselves through touch. Right. So there are so many hacks that we can do to keep our vibration high. And actually I create this program I created called intoxication. I did it during quarantine as like a big cosmic joke of like, we can be high and we can feel good all the time. Like it's not dependent of anything outside of us. Right. I love that. I, so myself, I am a, I love touch. Touch is one of my love language. I love to touch. I love to be touched that nurturing. It's just the, I'm a hugger. You know, I walk in, I don't, I hug. That's what I do. I'm a hugger. And so with this whole quarantine thing, these, you know, last many, many months, I have not had any physical touch. I have not had the opportunity for those things. And I have found myself embracing myself, touching myself, rubbing my hands. Oh, wow. That feels so good. I forgot how amazing it feels to be touched there and really being intentional with trying to recreate those experiences for myself to stay in tune with the vibration of love and being able to nurture that, that touch feel. So, um, thank you for speaking to that because it is, it's so, so important. Yeah. And it can be like just through moisturizing. Like when you get out of the bath of your man or woman, it's like, just moisturize yourself. And as you do, you're like really present and mindful. Like I am loving myself. Like, I love you. And you're really present to the touch as you're putting on the lotion. 
I love that. And I think dry brushing is another one of those ways that also has other benefits as well. So there's so many different ways that we can tend to our needs. We just haven't been taught how to do that. We, you know, we've been an instant gratification type of society. We haven't really learned to turn within. And we're in a, personally, I feel like this has been a huge gift because it has created that time for individuals to really start turning within and awakening their soul to remembering what they are actually capable of, what they actually do possess all on their own without having to have other influences. So I think it's a gift. Yes, it definitely is. So what are some ways that you help people transform their energy for the better? This episode is brought to you by Organifi. And my friends over at Organifi are hooking you up with 15% off the entire store. Yep, the entire store. All you have to do is head over to Organifi.com and use the code Heather to save some moolah. You guys ask me all the time, Heather, how do you have so much energy? How are you basically reversing the aging process? And I just have to say that the green juice and the red juice from Organifi are two of my secrets. I don't go a single day without a scoop of my red or green juice. And just a little PSA, right now they even have a pumpkin spice flavor and um, it's outrageous. I don't take a lot of supplements, but I'll be honest, it's hard to get a lot of the vitamins and minerals we need from food alone these days. So that's why I use a high quality product like Organifi to ensure that I'm supporting my brain health, liver health, immune system, detoxification, and most importantly, my energy levels. The green juice is amazing first thing in the morning because it contains superfoods that help to lower cortisol levels. And uh, it's 2020, has it got you stressed? This is going to be a game changer for you to help reset your entire body for a focused and energized day. To have your red or green juice or any other amazing Organifi product delivered to your doorstep, head to Organifi.com and use the code Heather for 15% off. So in my work, both my programs and my coaching work, I support people in shifting their energy through actual energy healing work. So I do a form of energy healing called, I call it radiance light energy that I feel that I tap into the highest frequencies of love and light and I channel it through. It's something I was born with and I received more information about it as I started to evolve and use it. I also use light language, which is a frequency and a vibration that comes through as sound, as prayer, as song, and that too, like so many people. And I mean, even too, it really makes your hair, your, your hair stand on ends. I use singing bowls. You can see some in the background. So I use vibrational tools. Mm -hmm. I also use ritual rituals that are both like candle and certain, you know, there's different steps in a ritual. So they're all different kinds. There's ones with the earth. There's ones you do more on your own. Uh, ones you use with candles, like all different kinds of rituals that helps to work at the energetic level as well. And a lot of times it's sharing with people different tips and techniques, you know, breath is really big too. So I do share about breath work and meditation um, pretty much every single person and course I ever do because those are so powerful. And now I'm stepping more into um, 
the tantric space. And so even with clients that I feel are ready to go that space, how we can use our sexual energy to transform our energy as well. Okay. So I have a question. Are you, are you special? Are you different from other individuals? Are you the only one who has the ability to do this kind of healing? Or is it something that we all possess within us and we can learn how to recultivate those aspects of ourselves that maybe we didn't know existed? So my understanding is that all humans have this potential and some humans are born with these capacities and abilities already awakened and already with the knowledge of knowing how to use them. And so a lot of times that kind of person would be like considered a healer because they already come, they have the knowledge, they're bringing information from past lives, from other experiences, because we're able to go into other dimensional realities, like more at the soul level and receive information there. Um, And at the same time, like I have activated and initiated people who never use light language, never even heard of it. And then opened up that, supported them and opened that channel with them. So and I have to be honest with you. I'm super like obsessed with light language. And I would be so excited if you would be open to maybe just sharing a little excerpt of what light language can look like for you with the audience. Because I know there's a lot of people who have never had that kind of exposure. So what, what is light language? How does it? So light language is what is a modality that is a translation of energy. So basically it is like all energy is light, sound, color, like things are different vibrations. So let's say I can like close my eyes and kind of listen to land, for example, or walk into a room and I can feel if there's energy in the room and I can um, emit that through my vocal frequency. Um, On a level of healing, my experience of it is I am in alliance with energies and beings that want to support the awakening and healing of humankind. And vibration is one way that we can elevate our DNA, clear out energies from cells, you know, that's what sound bowls do, for example. Uh, so vibration is really powerful to shift energy. So let's say if I have an intention, like I want to support someone in clearing energies, I know certain sounds that I can do to help them do that. Okay. At the same time, if I'm like in a session with someone and they have specific guides and they have a specific mission and goals, then there'll be an experience of receiving information that then I send through in this form of sound, song, different frequencies that I, as it's coming through, I'm able to translate it. It doesn't sound like English. It can sound like, um, like it can sound like other languages, like ancient human languages, or um, even just different frequencies and tones, like even whistling sometimes. So it's a way to transmit energy instead of it being like a silent energy healing it's actually a vocal one yeah very cool I absolutely I love it I'm in my head right now I'm hearing my own light language and I'm like and I'm like 
zip it up, Heather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's so beautiful because I feel like it's a universal language yeah. because you may not, so many times you want to intellectualize things and be like, wait, what is this? Like, I want to make sense of it. What is that? And, and this is a way that you really feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know for myself, the more, the more conscious I become, the more I can trust the knowing that I have within. And this is something that, you know, I think that for myself and you both, probably we are maybe one of those more gifted individuals who came here and remembered a lot sooner than maybe some others, what our purpose is and how we can utilize those aspects of us to help heal and awaken others. I feel so blessed and fortunate for that. And it's something that I used to deny. I knew that something was missing and I would deny, deny, not trust, not trust. And over the last two years specifically, I I went up to Mount Shasta and I intentionally spent 16 weeks up there in isolation, making a effort at really learning to connect with myself on a much deeper level. And I received information that I never would have had access to had I not created that space for myself to go within. And it was such a beautiful, I mean, magical, magical, magical experience. And I feel, I feel so blessed for having given that gift to myself. You know, I, I truly gifted that to myself because I knew I was, there was something more. There was something more. And by allowing myself to go there, um, my life has transformed completely and totally transformed. And in a very, very short time since COVID started, my, the downloads and the, you know, the, the messages, my purpose is so clear. There's no doubt. I have no doubt why I'm here, what I am supposed to do. And it's so exciting to get to wake up every single day and make that happen. You and I having this conversation, being able to um, challenge, you know, the beliefs that we've been taught. You and I came from medical backgrounds where energy work was bullshit. This is not stuff that was tangible that we could attach to and say, this is how we fucking heal. This is the real truth to healing people. So how lucky are we? Yes, it's definitely a gift to have awakened. So then we can, of course, be leaders and healers and teachers and guides for others. And you spoke to something very important, that time of solitude, that time of awakening often does cause us to go within. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I want to really emphasize that is because if anyone here is listening and has been feeling that nudge to kind of want to disconnect, uh, you know, for me, I kind of like left New York City and, you know, I started traveling around the world. And because a lot of my travels I did by myself, it was a lot of solitude time. And it was a time that I really could let the universe bring to me what I needed for my growth and my evolution, because I wasn't doing the same thing over and over surrounded by the people that were, you know, the, exactly the same. And because I was changing and I needed to have experiences so that I could make sense of that. You know, like you went to Mount Justin. 
I'm sure you've had many other experiences. You know, I've done 10 day silence retreats like twice and other silence things. I was in preparation for a monk path for three months, like so many different experiences. That was a lot of silence, a lot of solitude, a lot of meditation, trying different spiritual paths and, you know, it's kind of keeping what felt good and leaving the rest. And I kept seeking and I kept seeking. And then I did that for, I mean, I would say in 2018, like, even though like I've been doing this work since 2013, so even back in 2012, I would say like, I was still in my research and travels and all around the world and still deciding where I was going to live. And then I really decided in 2018, like I'm going to choose LA and I'm going to grow this business and make it like a business so that I could really show up for myself and others. And of course, business boomed and I helped so many more people than I had in the past. And then now it's like, okay, next, next chapter. And I already feel the transitions happening. So we're constantly evolving, constantly upgrading based on our experiences and what comes into our lives. And so I think for anyone who's listening and you feel something needs to change, or you feel like you need to go on a soul searching journey, go, you have one life, like any job you have will be there when you get back. If you feel like what you went on but you'll never regret it. Like you'll always be thankful that I did that. Absolutely. And it's something that I am so grateful for. As I said, I feel like it was a gift that I gave myself, but many people, you know, a lot of the things, these modalities that you're talking about to help us embrace going within and and discovering our our purpose and, and those aspects of us that we are, have lost touch with. It's frightening. It was so freaking scary when I landed in Mount Shasta and I was like, fuck, I have nobody. It's just me. It was the first time in my entire life that I have ever been in solitude. And those first few days were like, you know, where's, what do I do? How do I do this? I don't know how to do this. And then I started just easing into it. Like, you know, isn't so bad and then as I eased into that then I wanted more and the more I wanted the more I allowed myself to receive and then it became this just you know like wow where how much further can I take this how much more can I learn about myself and it was beautiful but how do you encourage someone who is having an immense amount of resistance from going within it's scary it's it's uncertain they don't know what that looks like how can you encourage them to trust in that process to start somewhere? So I always recommend to people like, it's really good to follow inspiration. So if, if you're not feeling like you want to go in and it's like, don't, you know, like, I think that anytime, like we're forced to do something we don't really want to do, like we don't, we don't really do it. But you know, let's say for you, you had that inspiration to go to Mount Shasta and it was like, okay, I did this thing I wanted to do. And then when you know it's what you want to do and you meet like a hiccup or a moment of challenge or an obstacle, I always like to zoom out like, okay, what's my greater goal here? What's my true intention? I love setting intentions because they really keep us on track. So obviously in the case where you, let's say if you know and you desire to go within, but maybe you don't know how, so it seems scary, that's like a different story. And I like to say baby steps, like, do it based on what feels inspiring. And there's so many ways to go within. So let's say like nature, everyone loves nature. Like even like people who are not quote unquote spiritual still love nature, right? 
So taking time to go by yourself to nature is a perfect way to go within in a way that still feels comfortable because you have that solitude time, but mother nature is kind of keeping you company. It feels really good. Um, Other things you, it's like basically anything that you love to do, you can pair that with just being by yourself. So even reading a good, um, I I keep using this word spiritual, but I'm going to call it that like a spiritual or conscious book could support you in going within because it's like you're living vicariously through the characters in the book. So you know, a very popular beginner book, a few of them are like The Way of the Peaceful Warrior or The Alchemist. Um, And I mean, there's so many, those are the two that popped into my mind. So I guess whoever's listening, those would resonate, but there's so, or there's like, I never read it, but I know The Celestine Prophecy um, is a book that a lot of people really love that I know. Um, So anytime we we watch someone go on a journey or read. And I, I think I prefer reading over watching the movie, even though movies can have that power too. Mm-hmm. It can allow you to reflect on your life mm-hmm. within. Yeah. Um, so that's like a very beginner way. Um, but then also trying different self-care practices is essentially going within. Mm-hmm. So doing yoga, meditating, breathing, if there's any of those plus more, right? Any kind of meditative practice that you've been wanting to try, Qigong, um, even certain dance classes, like ecstatic dance, because you can't speak in those. So busy. I don't have time for these things. How do I create the time to embrace these things? I know that more people have more time than they think they do. Right. How much time are you spending looking through social media? How much time are you spending on your electronic devices. I mean, if you watch TV, you have plenty of time, right? you know? So if you, you know, and I think it's usually people who like watch TV or, or do these kinds of things that think they don't have the time. But I know like a long time ago, like I haven't owned a TV in like a really long time. I personally, in my personal opinion, I chose to stop watching TV after we had um, 9-11. So 20 something years ago, that's when I I proactively chose, this is not healthy. This is not serving me. This is helping to create more fear and uncertainty and all of those things. And for me personally, when I stopped watching TV, that's when my awakening process started to begin (laughs) in combination with embracing, you know, healthy eating behaviors and things of that nature. But I feel so blessed that I don't have a freaking TV because it, uh, I own a TV. I don't have access to the things that you view on the TV, but um, I feel blessed because it has allowed for me to have more time an opportunity to experience other things that I maybe would not have necessarily made the effort to do so. Yeah, and and you're speaking to something very powerful, which TV is a form of programming. Yes. So when you disconnected from the program, you started to shift your frequency because a lot of TV is fear and anxiety provoking and even depression invoking, which keeps people paralyzed and keeps people thinking that 
whatever is being reported from the TV is the actual state of affairs. So it actually keeps your mind small. Like you can't see another reality. You only see the reality that's given to you through the program. So by unplugging and saying, I'm not watching TV anymore, I'm not listening to the news, you become immune to it and you're able to expand and create worlds in and of yourself, the world that you want to see. Right. And I love, I love this. I love that you're going here because the reality is when we're, when we are watching these programs, we are literally creating chemical responses from the visual stimulation that's creating an emotional experience within. And most people are truly addicted to their emotional pain bodies. They don't realize that that is the driving force for why they're watching these programs. I can't tell you how many clients I've had come to me with severe gut issues and having lots and lots of anxiety and depression. And, you know, we go through, we clean up the diet, we do all of those things. And they're like, but I, I still, I'm not sleeping and I'm still, I'm having all of these gut issues. And then it's always like, what are you watching at night when you get home? And they're like, oh, I'm obsessed with true crime and Dateline and all of these things. And the reality is their subconscious mind is getting their emotional pain body fixed by partaking in these TV programs, but we're doing it on autopilot. We're not even aware that that's what is actually happening, that we're just trying to recreate an emotional pain in order to stimulate the nervous system to get its fix. Yes, it's definitely addictive. It's That's a- why people like watching scary movies. It's a form of an addiction. Like I couldn't even as a kid watch scary movies because I was so empathic. Um, so when people are, I'm like, that's the one genre. Like, and I also feel like I can't really war movies that much either because it's like the same. Um, but when people are watching that, it does feed into those addictive, lower vibrational feelings and emotions. So, and for myself, I'm just the opposite. As a child, I loved horror, action, graphic, but I grew up in a very, very dysfunctional home environment and the highest vibrational frequencies that I experienced as a child were dysfunction. And so my body was literally trained to be in that state of chaos. That was my norm. That was my body's way of being in a survival state. Our brains can't differentiate between good and bad. They just know what is safe and alive. And for me, safe and alive meant being terrified, right? Like it doesn't make any sense, but it made sense. And so that was something that um, once I started going through the awakening and realizing my, you know, my behaviors and where were these behaviors coming from, what were the driving forces behind my need to get this fixed, um, really helped me understand how I could start choosing differently, that these were not innately who I was. These were just programmed adapted behaviors that I had learned as my soothing myself soothing and coping skills through the environmental experiences I was having yeah exactly yeah it's what's familiar so then you're recreating what's familiar and that's a lot of why people suffer dysfunction in relationships and have a hard time um is because of old programs from toxic ways of receiving love as children 
Absolutely. Man, I think that I could talk to you all day. I can tell there are so many things that we could dive so much deeper into. It has, it's such a pleasure. You are so knowledgeable. You're such a beautiful human. You just have this light radiating off of you. Um, and I, I, I know myself, I feel very comfortable and safe in your presence. Thank you for creating that space for us to have this conversation today. So where can the listeners find you? How can they connect with you? So the listeners can find me on my Instagram, following me at Dr. Nikki Starr, D-R-N-I-K-K-I-S-T-A-R-R. My website is drnikkistar.com. And I thank you so much, Heather, for being for inviting me and for having this platform to share these conversations. Um, it's really such a gift and honor, and and I really appreciate you and, and all that you're offering, and as well, such a beautiful person inside and out, and as well with so much knowledge. So a divine healer. I feel so blessed that we are in a day and age where you and I have the ability to um, take all of our passions and be able to create and cultivate something that is so much needed right now. We're in desperate need of healing. We're in desperate need of energetic work. And so I am so grateful for the work that you're doing, your expertise that you're sharing, the light that you radiate. It's just absolutely beautiful. And I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Make sure you check out Nikki's Intoxication Program. It's an 11-module course to support you in feeling good and living the high life. So I will make sure to attach all of her, um, all of the ways that you can connect with her so that it makes it easy for you guys. And if you have any questions, I'm sure she'd be happy to let you slide into her DMs and ask away. But again, thank you so much, Nikki, for gracing us with your presence and your beautiful light, sending much, much love and light to you, especially onto your next adventure. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.